Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Business Meets Fitness podcast with your host Lauren Tickner and today I have a very special guest on with me because she is someone who is very near and dear to me and well literally she's sitting next to me right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's my best friend, she has been for a long time, we met on a cruise and yeah the rest is history. However I wanted to bring her on the podcast today because Charlotte Ogden is who she is and she's a current student, she's 20 years old and she goes to the University of Loughborough, Loughborough Uni, how do you say Okay, well, okay, <laughs> so she goes to love for a uni, and um, she's here with me today, and I wanted to bring her on because she's an athlete, she's a triple jumper, and I think that a lot of people will find it interesting to hear her speak, because Charlotte trains for a different reason to why many of us train, because a lot of us maybe got into it because we want to look better, whereas Charlotte got into it because she needed to get better for her performance, And in turn, it's made her look incredible. So hello and welcome to the Business Meets Fitness podcast, Charlotte. Just explain explain your life story, maybe. I studied at Loughborough. I'm going into my third year doing human biology. I've been probably competitively training for... I don't know, about three years now. I've been I've done athletics for a year, like for pretty much all of my life, but I never really took it that seriously. It's only in the past, pretty much since coming to uni, that I've uh, started to take it more seriously, started taking my t- training more seriously and actually wanting to succeed. How did you ever even first get into it? Because I know when you were young, you used to do like loads of different sports, but do you just want to explain to everybody what, how the hell you got into triple jump? Because it's kind of random, like, who the hell does triple jump? Literally, everybody says that to me. <laughs> I do do sprinting as well, but like triple jump was kind of my main thing. It's just because, um, well, like like everybody does in like, and the kids, like they do a lot of like, pretty much everything, anything they can do pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But I got thrown into a, a triple jump event at a school competition ended up winning it and I told my coach like what distance I jumped and he was like whoa that's actually quite good he's like maybe we should continue this so uh we just kind of started doing it like on the side and then um at one competition I managed to just bash out this like mega jump so how how, how far was it and like then explain what the record <clears throat> is so to put it into perspective well um I was 14 years old and I jumped 11.82, which 50 centimetres doesn't really seem that much, but when it's like in jumping or running, whatever, it's actually quite a big distance. So that ranked me like 16th in the world. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, okay, (laughs) cool. Maybe I should continue doing this. But then, because it's such a high, like a heavy, I don't know, high force event, like high impact and stuff, like I got injured quite a lot. Um, so I've not so it's quite hard to kind of yeah continue. yeah to progress and yeah. keep doing it over a long period of time especially like, me because I'm so injury prone yeah so let's talk about injuries so <clears throat> do you want to kind of explain what injuries you've been through because recently you just had an operation um so yeah we because I know a lot of people suffer suffer from injuries like I've been through injuries myself but I've never had like crazy serious ones where I'd need an op touch wood mm-hmm. um <laughs> however I think that sometimes it can be caught pretty kind of taxing on your mental health if you're perhaps having to be oh, off training I mean I remember yeah. <laughs> seeing you were like still in the gym even with your cast oh, on your God, foot yeah. and stuff <laughs> so maybe listeners don't do that but um yeah do you want to just like talk us through your injuries and like yeah. how you overcame them how it affected you mentally and all that shebang I think oh god that's so many but like most of them have been pretty minor yeah I remember when I did that competition where I jumped the 1180 something I was like well, 
struggling with like a, my foot was hurting quite a bit, but obviously I just kept jumping through it. Went to the physio, they were like, no way it's broken. Like you just have a fallen arches. So they gave me um, insoles. insoles, yeah. <laughs> charged me like 180 pounds for them. Of course. And then it turns out my navicular bone was completely broken too, which is a bone in the middle of the foot. Ugh. So I had to have a big, you know, the big moon boot thing yeah, that yeah, you put yeah. on you for like, but obviously that was in year 11. That was before I started taking it properly seriously. Yeah. Okay. So to be fair, I wasn't that bothered. I was just like, eh, okay, yeah, sure. That got whatever. a sick boot. <laughs> yeah, I got a sick <laughs> boot. Don't have to train, sorted. <laughs> um... But that was all fine. Um, I suffered shin with shin splints quite a bit, which I know you have. Oh, haven't we bloody all? Honestly, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you can vouch that shin splints are the worst pain oh, I've ever. had them for years and I just can't get rid of them. And it's because I just walk too fast because I'm always <laughs> rushing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it might have been all right recently, but um, for the past like year or so. But yeah, they're quite painful, especially mm-hmm. doing triple jump because landing with such impacts. Like yeah. it just, oh, yeah. it's awful. But then I had a hamstring tear, had that at the start oh, of uni. Um, so that put me back for, I don't know, about six months. And then as soon as I started to get better with that, that's when I had this injury that I've just got now. And that was basically, um, for any of you uni students out there that do any sport, um, I was competing at Bucks, which is the British University Championships uh, in Bedford. And I landed funny on my jump and it really, like, it really hurt. So obviously I stopped jumping and it was... I really struggled to walk on it, but obviously the physios again said, there's no way it's broken, like, you just got soft tissue damage, so I started all this physio um, and rehab training for the next six months over summer, like, getting it stronger again, and obviously it wasn't better when I came back to winter training, so I had a scan and all the rest of it, and it turns out it was broken, so to compensate, my foot had grown, like, extra bone and tissue. Yeah. So obviously that all needed to be removed. So I had that in March, had it all removed, and now I'm just kind of re- still in the recovery phase. Yeah. So, uh, so while you were kind <clears throat> of before your operation, you obviously couldn't train as hard, right? Mm. Or uh, were you still jumping? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may or may not have competed at books like two weeks before my operation was due. Uh, no, but, definitely not. <laughs> but to be fair, by that point, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm getting my operation. It's probably not the best advice. So any of you guys, you know, don't. Yeah, but tell them what. Tell them what I texted you. You were like, you know what? You're getting it sorted anyway. So any extra damage, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I can have been it anyway but yeah no perhaps don't do that guys but um yeah so i just remember that really clearly and then you were you were off training for how long to be fair like probably about two weeks before i actually went before like even though i still had like a bandage on i was on crutches for about three to four weeks um, I could still get a get about and stuff, so I still yeah. didn't. I just did like you were you were really sensible with it. Like we're making it out to be that you were really unsensible with it, but I'm telling you now, she was very sensible with it, and also kind of, yeah. I mean, I think if because because you knew the kind of long term consequences. Because yeah, if exactly. you if you push it too hard when you are injured, then well, it's just gonna it's gonna be detrimental in the long term. Exactly. For example, there's literally no point in rushing it because it's yeah. just it, and you just end up taking one step forward, two steps back. There's exactly. literally no point. Well, I did that. I I took a yeah. We've all done it. Baby we? step forward and then like a fell back down the stairs 10 flights because <laughs> I, I injured my hip and then I just I kept deadlifting and squatting and then I was off squats and deadlifts for six months exactly and this it really can impact but... your performance especially in the long term so there's yeah. no point in rushing it for trying sure. to get back into training say like a week maybe two weeks earlier than planned yeah. like 
you're not going to gain anything from that. Exactly. So. Like, one or two weeks progress is nothing compared to eight months yeah, to a year lifetime. that you lose. Exactly, exactly. So, that last, that week when you were kind of, well, the, the, the period of time where you really weren't training, mm-hmm. how how did it make you feel mentally? Like, was it... Oh, it was quite draining, to be fair. Like, the day after my operation, I tried to get to labs in the morning because I uh, had... Labs nine, for uni. Yeah, 9am labs. Um, and it took me about 45 minutes to get onto campus. I was oh. dripping in sweat. My hands were hurting. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So yeah. I basically, for the rest of the week, just had to stay in and like view all my lectures on lecture capture, the ones that were extra read, oh. just make all my notes pretty yeah. much and everything that I'd lost out on. And obviously I had coursework at the time as well. So I was just doing that. So I was literally just in my dining room, which is right next to the kitchen. So I had access to everything. At least my da- my bedroom is on the downstairs floor. Yeah, that's So I didn't right. really have to walk very far. So I literally just lived on the bottom floor of my house for a week. And that was <laughs> oh. it. I lived a hermit I lived a hermit life for about yeah. a week and a half before I could start going out the house All again. All by yourself, yeah. yeah. I, think, um, I think having an injury can be... And just, like, dealing with it mentally, I think that... It, it's so hard for some people. I think that, um, especially when you love training and it's just a part of your life. Oh, it's the most frustrating thing ever because you know that, like, especially for me at the time, before my operation, I was probably in the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to you, obviously. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I helped her start tracking macros and stuff. So, yeah, so yeah. I lost it. She had an insane transformation. I put it on my story. I'll put it on my um, story again the day that I upload this. Yeah, so um, obviously I was in really good shape and stuff. So it was so... And I was just starting to... Even though I had an injury, like, my training was going so well. Mm, um, So it was just so frustrating that I had to go basically just kind of fall back completely and start all over again. But the best sports people, sports performers, or anybody, any sort of people that do exercise are the people that can get over that and finally come back to it because you Mm. just have to remember that this is only the shortest period and then you're going to be back to it and you're going to be better yeah and in better shape versus long term yeah 100 percent. and also all your muscle memory and stuff so when you got back into it kind of yeah 100 did you feel like that you'd lost all your progress or what i think a little bit now to be fair because i'm like i'm still not lifting as heavy as i was but it's just going to take time because i have not really been in proper training since so when all my other training kind of comes together yeah yeah all yeah, my yeah. strength will go back up so I'm not yeah. too worried at the moment but like like you said muscle memory I think you can lift the same weight you lift if you have a month off mm. I think it was then you can lift the same amount within that time like your body's like the muscle memory you can yeah. still do it kind exactly. of thing yeah so you're not exactly <clears throat> yeah you're never you're never losing progress it's exactly. just if these things happen I mean perhaps you got the injury because you know something else was going wrong like do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like people get injuries for a reason I mean yeah. I know it's for your sure. body kind of protecting itself in a way to that's make sure right. you don't exactly like yeah. I know for sure that I got my hip injury because I was squatting totally wrong and had I not had that hip injury then maybe in the longer term I could have done even more damage and so my my opinion is you just have to kind of look at it that way mm-hmm. um but then obviously it's different for me because like I am training for well I train because I love it but I did get into it just for the aesthetics but obviously you're training for performance yeah so how does that kind of differ like let's say how how do you how does your training work like what what do you do so um well, for starters, like, our weight sessions are quite different. Like We do similar exercises, but mine is more... Tell them about the quarter squats. <laughs> <laughs> you, you love them, don't you? 
Well, Lauren hates this exercise that we do uh, in comp- the comp- competition phase of our um, program. We do these things called quarter squats, which is basically just, they're not full squats where you go like parallel to the floor, you just go down, well, basically a quarter. They're essentially the squats that gym bros do. Yeah, pretty much. But obviously you put a lot of weight on, but you hardly go down. You go down, you have to concentrate by going up as fast as possible. It just makes me laugh so much. But she but hates it. she's them. got like so much weight on her back. How heavy do you do it? Um, I think, I think me and well, my training partner, we went up to like 160. This is mad, like 160 kg. If you guys saw this girl, like she's so, she's so slim and just like her having that weight on her back, it's just like It's mad because a lot of other athletes like That's like it. three of me. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of athletes <laughs> do it, but like, especially like the men, they can go up to like two, 300 that kilograms just mad. because it's just like, you don't really have yeah, to do much. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's so it's good. It's just explosive. Yeah, for sure, because like you do a lot of plyos and stuff. So yeah, do you want to say about the breakdown of like, like um your competition season versus like summer i don't even know yeah warm weather training as well <laughs> my god oh yeah so basically we have like three phases so to say it's like winter slash conditioning phase which is all the like um high volume high intensity like long sessions two sessions a day well we have nine sessions a week during that time we don't even like i'm a triple jumper and we don't even jump <laughs> yeah for about six to eight weeks like in that because of just guys like, just like bashing yourself like yeah, yeah, to yeah. get stronger and stuff and then we have like the strength phase which is kind of the phase before competition which is where we gain our strength like we kind of lower the volume but then increase the intensity okay, so yeah. Say. yeah 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 but still like quite a bit of volume but not like only lowering it a little bit yeah and then obviously competition phase is when we're in the comp, comp- when we start competing and stuff and that's basically really high intensity but low volume like fast sprints, plyometrics, but we're only doing six sessions a week instead of nine. So. Only. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot less. So, you know, we're resting our body more and stuff, so it's not as yeah. taxing on the body. So okay. So. Yeah, because you need to be ready for your competition. <clears throat> yes. Um, and so, so yeah, so um, and how about the warm weather training? So I know you go, like, abroad to do that. And yeah. And it's, like, crazy intense. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, training camps that last about two weeks. Mm. Um, places like Florida, I've never been personally been to Florida, it's like popular places like yeah. Florida, Portugal. We went to Tenerife last year and it's basically you have two sessions a day. Um, yeah, no, it's quite tough, especially when it's like hot weather. Um, but it's kind of like, it's almost like comp, comp training, so it's quite high intensity but like low volume. So like the, the longest running we do is like 150 metres. Okay. Um, but it's still quite hard, so it's quite a lot of it, um, like, fast work again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially in, like, the 40 degrees oh, or whatever One of the worst sessions we had to do was beach circuits. Oh. So we all had to, like, lie our towels on the beach about 20 metres. We had to split us up, split us in half, and then have, like, 20, 20 metres in between us. And yeah. then it would be 12 to 14 exercises, 30 seconds on, like, 20 seconds off. And then in between our rest, we had to run in between the, the towels so that was our rest that sounds so it'd be like 30 savage. seconds press ups run for 20 seconds 30 seconds squats run for 30 oh. seconds and then tuck jumps and and then we had three minutes and we had to do another one and another three minutes and we had to do another one and mm. by the end bearing in mind we were sweating this is like 30 <laughs> degrees with sun cream on sand oh sun cream on and yeah, sand That's it's the, the worst. worst combination <laughs> Spanish locals videoing us <laughs> 
That's it was probably like horrific. all over Spanish, so, yeah. like Insta and I'm stuff. sure everyone can vouch for me when they say like sand is just the worst thing in the world, which is quite ironic we considering hate I'm a trouble jumper. So much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate the feeling of it. And when oh, it's like, oh, when you're all sweaty, it's, it's the worst. It's so disgusting. But oh, yeah, like, that's, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing because it gets us like fitter kind of, um, I don't really, I don't really know to be honest. It's just like fitter. It like helps you training and stuff, and helps yeah, you kind of condition sure. your body. Well, yeah. If you if you can do that mm. in the crazy heat, then yes. you're gonna be fine in England. Exactly. Doing so it. we normally have it just before outdoor season starts. So when outdoor season, like when we come back, we're ready to start S- outdoor season. Smash it, and that's when your competitions are. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Aye. Aye. Aye, aye, mate. Um, yeah, so obviously, like, something again in this podcast, I kind of uh, feel the need to reiterate is that, like, the average person who isn't a competitive athlete does not need to train like this. Oh, absolutely. Like, not. God, there is no way in hell you'd see me training twice a day. <laughs> absolutely not. Because I don't need it for my sport. Charlotte is, like, a very high level athlete and um she's hoping to you know qualify for commonwealths right um not anymore because of this injury oh yeah because of the injury she can't do that but um yeah like in the future though who knows but but yeah so she's still hoping to kind of get get really high uh i don't really know how athletics works but like you know (laughs) decent jumps and stuff (laughs) um so yeah like people who aren't athletes and who aren't like that don't need to do that and I think that that's, again, something that a lot of people compare themselves to athletes, maybe. Um, And they may see athletes on a training plan where they're training twice a day and think, oh my gosh, I should do that so I can be like them and be as good as them. But a lot of athletics and a lot of sport does come down to genetics. And I think that um, it's sometimes a bit a bit hard to kind of get that around your head, maybe, because you do see these people doing these things. And they are naturally gifted. I know that when I was younger, I used to be really upset just because I wasn't as good as at sport as a lot of my friends. Aww. I was always like, <laughs> all right. And I was like in the A-team and stuff, uh, as we used to call it. But I was just never as good. And it just like, I don't know, it made me upset. But, you know, I'm just, I don't have long limbs. I'm just average height. <laughs> and sport just wasn't for me. But, you know, that's just how it is. And I think... Um, yeah, Charlotte's really tall, and yeah, like, do you think that benefits your jumping? Yeah, or? definitely, hundred percent. Like, because you longer limbs, like you can basically jump. Well, not exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of the time, it kind of, kind of common sense, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, speaking about training for performance, um, what would you say like the pros and cons of that are? Um. I think there's uh, well, obviously the pros are that it increases your performance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> so we do things like plyos, so that increases like your explosive. <laughs> increases it increases like your explosive strength. So, um, like, so it makes you be able to jump further, jump higher. Kind I of. wish I was explosive. Yeah, and it's because because we're doing such intense training, where we can we can actually live like, lift heavy weights. Yeah. Like, it, we're good in like she all aspects. She is strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well rounded. Yeah, one hundred percent. But because we train for power and like explosiveness, we don't really do a lot of um, reps and sets in the gym. So it's more. I think the most squats I've ever done in my life is about six. <laughs> you were so shocked when I told you that. Above that is cardio. Too. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh. oh God, no. 
Um, I just get bored after six. Oh, yeah. God, am I still doing this? Trust me, so do I. I literally do as well. And that's why I like powerlifting mm. because it's like, okay, four reps. Yeah, less. exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we do a lot less reps. So, it's, it's, we don't really get as much hypertrophy. So, yeah, even yeah. though like I like, may look quite thin, like, um, or like not very powerful, like, it's a lot of it is I've got quite good power just because yeah. we focus more on that more rather than hypertrophy. It's so funny kind of seeing Charlotte versus me in the gym because I will literally be like grinding out these reps like but I, will, I won't even really feel it. I'll just be like grinding just like going slow on the way up and then she'll literally be like exploding like and just then like, yeah! and then it will be like you'll have like one more rep one more rep to do and then like you'll do it and then let's say the next one you'd fail but like if if I was like to fail on the next one I'd still like try like grind it up but she would like you just it just wouldn't work do you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. I just like grind whereas you just like boom it's just really interesting just how how like it compares just because like I've never been good at explosive stuff um but yeah like I think that something yeah for athletes is like it must be kind of stressful sometimes if you just like let's say you had two sessions to do in one day yeah and you just could not be bothered or you were like so ill or oh, something so like would you last, still train yeah. yeah sorry you say what you're gonna say yeah so last year um i had like a nine to five day like of lectures yeah like no you never said what you're studying by the way tell them oh i think i did it start human oh. biology <laughs> okay. so last last semester well last in the start of second year we had something ridiculous like 20 hours and yeah, a lot of them was focused well. at the start Ooh. of the week so I had a nine to five day with like literally no break at all so I had to like eat my lunch during my lectures like yeah, to yeah. really quiet and you know what I'm like we've eaten oh my god <laughs> 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 so that was me in the lecture when you know I'm just trying to be quiet and concentrate and I'm just out <laughs> um so yeah so literally by that time I was absolutely drained like mentally and physically drained and then I had to go and do like two sessions but obviously put oh them together because God. <laughs> so I had like a, a long sprint session so 200 300 meter sprints and then I had to do circuit training afterwards We'd have like a half an hour break in between. Yeah, by that time. When when she says circuit training, guys, it's not like Kayla, whatever the frigging hell her name is, BBG. Like, oh, the one that does like. I have done. <laughs> seen I have done one. I, I think I only even did half of one, and I was like dead. These yeah, sessions are like disgusting. Yeah, I hate. I hate them myself, and it's the worst so when. Um, like no, if no people aren't training or if you're doing like lectures and stuff, like you've got to do it on your own because other people yeah. have got lectures, and it's so like demotivating. But you just kind of got to think, oh come on, you can do this. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Think about the long term, and think about. I always think about that. Like, it's like ten minutes, and it's gonna be over. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. I have to think about it like that. And once I've started getting going, it's fine. It's just getting, getting yourself there to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's so much coffee, and it just mm. doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, so you were saying like. Obviously, you were doing that after uni, and so you have, like, long days. Human biology is, like, an intense degree. Mm. So how do you balance all of your training with your uni and also maintaining a social life? Because I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like, maybe you guys who are listening to this, maybe you don't go to uni. Maybe you have a full-time job or something. So, yeah, do you want to kind of just um, give us a bit of insight into how you just, how the hell you balance everything and do you think your uni experience is different? Yeah, um, oh, it's 100% different because originally I was going to begin to Sheffield to do biomed. 
Um, and I think if I'd gone there, like my whole uni experience would have been so much different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know. In a way, it can be quite hard, but because I'm quite organised anyway, yeah. I managed to kind of balance it quite so well. So how do you organise yourself? So obviously, like training and lectures will always come first, and yeah. obviously competitions. So um, obviously, you go to like have I'll like um organize my training around my lectures. So most of the time, we do three sessions a week at the track with our group, mm-hmm. and then obviously our circuits and our weights. Um, we tend to do them like in, in little groups or on your own or whenever you can do it. Mm-hmm. So we normally organize. A, the group ones, the group track ones around um, our lectures so we can all kind of do them together and then we kind of, you know, whenever we're free on the other days, just do them whenever you can, pretty okay. much. And, um, well, in the evening time, you're pretty much free to do what you want because a lot of the sessions we do during the day, like between lectures and things, so then if you've got the rest of the evening, you know, to see your friends, have some food, like, or just, you know, relax, chill. How about, like, extra uni, like, homework that you get? Or do you not really get that? Um, we don't really get... Well, obviously, we get extra reading, but I only yeah. extra read for the things I really need to do. I've got, yeah. like, coursework and stuff. I'll just do that in between, like, lectures. So a lot of the time, I've got, like... If I've got, like, a f- like an hour or two between, like, lectures, I'll just go to the union, do some work there. Mm. Um, you're very disciplined. Yeah, I think I'm disciplined. I think you have to be when you're doing this kind of thing because... I don't know, I think uni has like made me grow up quite a lot because mm. it's, it's quite independent, like the work and stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, massively. So whenever I'm free, like during the day, I normally just like to do my work throughout the, like, in the day, so then I've yeah. got the evening to do I'm what exactly I want. I'm exactly like that as well. Yeah, I'm I more productive. And I think yeah. probably a lot of, of you are like a lot more productive during the day as well. Yeah. I am in the evening time when it comes like uh, exams and stuff, but um, around that time, yeah. But like if I'm going out with friends and stuff, like if it's in season and I won't drink or I'll maybe just have like one if I'm not coming up to a competition like I probably won't go out just because I, like, I need as much sleep as possible but yeah. if not near a competition I can like you can go out and like have a good time and not drink yeah it's I good do that to just show lot, your face and stuff but I remember uh, uh, last year well like, yeah last year when I was quite serious with it I didn't really go out that much whenever I did everyone was like oh my god what are you doing out you're never here <laughs> And I think it's important, you need to be able to have a healthy balance, because otherwise then you won't be able to maintain the friendships as much as yeah, you can. it's true. And you'll regret it, because I regret it quite a bit, not, you know, making the most of uni. Yeah, I'm the same with my A2 year as well. Yeah, 100%. And to be honest, my first year of uni, like, I, I definitely could have... Well, the first half of the first year, I definitely <clears throat> was in the same situation as you, because I just was just like, no, I need to stay in so that I can train tomorrow. Yeah. But, realistically, I'm not even training, like, for anything, so why the hell? Exactly. Was, well, actually, I was on prep, to be fair, so... <laughs> yeah, but you, like, it's important that you have the right balance, and, like, even if, like, you don't have to drink to have a good time, like I've just said, you know you will look back at this and if you just isolate yourself or, you know, just don't go out as much or don't make the effort with your friends, then yeah. you'll 100% regret it. You'll be a loner with... Exactly. Like, maybe you are doing, like, amazing in your sport and, like, you're the best in the world and whatever, but if you have no one to celebrate that with, then and what's, the what's the point? Like, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, maybe it may be... It might be uh, grat- gratifying. Gratifying? Is that the word for yourself? Yeah. Sat- satisfying. Grat- <laughs> where, where the hell did gratifying come from, Lauren? It'll be satisfying for yourself. But in the long term, you need to realise that it's so important to maintain friendships. And even now, I'm still learning how to do that. Because yeah. I can, for sure, be like a very selfish person. But, I mean, I suppose to a degree, you do have to be and think of yourself. But at the same time, it is important to think about your friends um and everything and I think um also you go to Loughborough so 
it's very sporty there as well. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing like a lot of your friends understand. Yeah, and yeah, in the I think, same position as you. Yeah, I think, like I said, if I'd gone to Sheffield, I think the whole experience would have been very different yeah. because a lot of my friends from uh, college and school went there. So, yeah, I didn't really. It wasn't really like none of them were like very com- did competitive sport. Really, mm. like, they didn't. They did like quite a bit, you know, just um, allegedly, but never really competitively. So they, you know, they didn't have to, you know, go and train or be as disciplined, so yeah. to say. Did they? Whereas, understand- did they really yeah, they understand? Yeah, they, they understood, yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, but uh, at Loughborough, a lot of people were in the same boat. So yeah. a lot of my friends now, I think surrounding yourself with the right people 100% helped me. A lot of people at Loughborough were in the same, the same kind of thing, all like, competitive. Even if you, even if they weren't, they just, you know, they just all like, because they understand, because a lot of people are like Because they're so surrounded by yeah. it. They just get it. And like, if you go to Loughborough, you kind of have to expect it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Um <laughs> But yeah, definitely surrounding myself with the right people, and then like they all motivate me to keep, you know keep going. Like everyone's so yeah. supportive, so definitely helped. Yeah, for sure. And so maybe let's talk about kind of like eating for performance because we've spoken about training for performance, but I think eating for performance is something which uh, like <clears throat> well, it's also important to talk about. I know that eating kind of in the fitness industry as a whole is like a massive topic. Massive. Um. So how? So what? Would you do? You do anything differently to like the average person? Well, okay, obviously to the average person you do, but <laughs> compared to like maybe fitness people, is there anything special that athletes kind of do that's different or anything like that um i think in the eating sense like apart from being in a calorie deficit like we don't really do that just because we always need the energy especially at winter training when we're doing so many sessions and like they're so long Mm. we need like all the calories we can get and we're constantly burning it off so like literally doesn't even matter Mm. so it's obviously you have to i have to still watch what i'm eating like yeah um I have you know breakfast, lunch, dinner. I have snacks in like before or maybe after. Like, I just yeah, I eat when I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, when it's coming up to competitions and stuff, I will eat clean and stuff. And I'll do the you know, the classic you know high carb before a comp. Yeah. Whether that yeah. actually works yeah. or not, I don't know. But it's a lot of pe- a lot of people <laughs> swear to it. So I'll psychological, just go, psychological. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think what you said about like the calorie deficit is so so true because. Everyone seems to be constantly striving to lose body fat, whether like whether they're just the general population or whether they are in the fitness industry, whatever. But I think for athletes, like that is probably the with regards to eating. Like my initial thoughts were that was probably the only real difference because people who are athletes typically just they they focus on eating for fuel. Yeah, they exactly. don't really focus on like how it's gonna make them look. Mm-hmm. They just because they want to perform the best they possibly can be, and I think to be honest, that is just such a good mindset to be yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. And I think the training. Well, we train enough anyway, so if we're gonna lose body fat anyway. Yeah, 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 so we yeah, don't yeah. have to really be in a calorie deficit to do, to like look leaner and get more defined because that will come with training. Yeah, exactly. So it's really important to be able to eat enough because otherwise. I, because I did go through a phase of kind of being like, oh no, this is like start like start of college or like yeah. end of school, and I was like, oh no, I don't want to eat this. So I started to look a bit insecure. Yeah. So I didn't eat as much, and I still ate like three meals a day, but then I would never snack or anything like that, mm. and I just did not have enough energy to train. Yeah. And I was so so drained. I had no energy at all. I literally could not train, and everyone was like overtaking me, and I didn't really know why. I couldn't really put the two and two together. Mm. And then one of the coaches, my like, weightless coach, asked, he was like, are you eating enough? And I was like. 
Oh yeah, like, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe not. I was like, I've just like purposely not be like, I'll be, I'll be starving. I'll be like, no, I'm not mm. eating anything. I'm gonna wait until dinner, and yeah. then I'm not gonna have anything for the rest of the evening. Yeah, yeah. And it really affects the way I train. So it's so important if you're hungry. Like obviously, it's a bit the, the, the difference between being hungry and like thinking you're hungry. Obviously, yeah, of course. But um, obviously, if you need the food, you need the food. Like you need it for your performance. It's so important. So. Yeah, exactly, and just your general health, really. And so. How has, because I know obviously now I helped you start tracking macros, like has that helped you realise how much you can eat or how much you should eat and what works good for you? Like, oh, massively. Like it makes you so aware of like everything you're eating that like, you don't mm. realise. Like it can, yeah. it can add up so much just like here and there. Like, if you, if you yeah, like yesterday at Fit Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to Fit Fuel <laughs> HQ yesterday for my new range of meals that's being launched. Have I announced that yet? No, I haven't, but oh, you guys had it first. Lucky mm. you. So, um, so yeah, like basically, we were just nibbling on all the things that I've made, like for the for the for the new menu that I'm bringing out, and there was like cookies and just chocolate and just oh my god, so just much loads food. of different stuff, and you just don't realize how much you're having. It and then really does I added it all onto my <laughs> fitness pal, and like it was like almost a thousand calories, and I was like, oh damn. Uh-oh. Well, it doesn't really matter one of those things, but you know, it was yeah. delicious. Enjoyed it. Exactly. But, um, so it really does like make you mindful of what you're putting into your body like yeah having like a handful of cereal here and there like it really does make a difference so I like managed to kind of restrain myself so to say yeah and like think about portion sizes I think that's really really important beforehand I had a biggest portion size and even if it was healthy food it was still like every single meal was racking up to be seven eight hundred calories yeah it's still calories even if it's healthy plus snacks and oh yeah everything else so like it really it, it was so so helpful for me to be mindful of what i was eating like how yeah. much I, how much i was putting into my body oh, especially sure. with peanut butter because peanut oh. butter is dangerous oh that is definitely true and chocolate as well but um i also think like it makes sure that you eat enough to fuel your training like yeah, exactly because like, making sure you actually hit the macros yeah and every single day because i think the consistency is is really uh is really good with tracking macros i think because some days, if, if I don't track macros, I know what I do. I just, like, one day I'll overeat massively. And the next day, unintentionally, it's just because I'm not as hungry due to the fact that I ate more the, the, the day prior. But I just barely will eat anything. And then I'll be, I'll be feeling so crappy in the gym. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And then I realise I've literally eaten 200 calories that day because I'm just not tracking. So I just, it's just, I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat. Mm. So I do think there is a time and a place where you need to listen to your hunger signals. But... At the same time, if you're not feeling hungry whatsoever and you still have loads of calories left, you need to eat them. Like me, when my stomach gets bloated, I literally don't want to eat, but I know that I have to, like for my training, like, and just my health. So yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I think tracking macros is is great for everyone to at least do for a period of time. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, because it's... Like I said before, it makes you more mindful. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a good thing to do. and uh, A lot of athletes do it. Yeah, definitely. And, Pretty um, much everyone at Bath that I like. Really? Yeah, literally at Bath, it's such a common thing. Do you do it, but then... Really? Yeah. You'd think at Loughborough. Yeah, you'd think so, to be fair. But then it's, it, at, the F, at the start, obviously, it's a bit of an effort because you have to, like, weigh everything. I mean, you're making food. It take, It can take a lot longer, but 
you kind of get into that routine anyway. So yeah, I'm like, so into the routine. So, anyway. so you get you're so used to it, and it yeah. gets quicker and quicker, and it ends up being only like an extra ten minutes. If exactly, that, like. not even I'd say like well now because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah, exactly. Ninja, ninja. Right then, I think that is everything that I wanted to talk about today. It's been lovely having you on. And Charlotte, go on, tell them your Instagram so that they can go follow you. <laughs> it's Charlotte Ogden, O-G-D-E-N, with two N's at the end. So C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E-O-G-D-E-N-N. Boom. Boom. That is her. Go follow her now, guys, and go give her some love because I'm going to make her turn into an Insta-ho like me. <laughs> so... <laughs> and step at a time but yeah guys please do share a screenshot of you listening to the business meets fitness podcast because so many of you did it last time and oh my goodness me it just makes me so happy i always reply to every single one of you who does that because it's just such a nice thing for you to do and i just love the fact that you liked the episode so much that you would be wanting to share it and also if you haven't already heard i am bringing out a university meets fitness um mastermind which i'm really excited about the link is in my bio to apply for it now and full info about that will be emailed to people who apply and who i choose so it's going to be for like 12 to 15 people and it's going to be a very exclusive close group of people we all work together to do a training plan which is customized to you macros i will update your macros every week and then also we will have like exclusive videos in the group for you guys only and um, i'll be doing live q a's live like videos about certain topics and all that sure bang and it's all going to be totally about balancing university and fitness and nutrition and all the social situations that come alongside uni and pretty much everything we spoke about today so Thank you very much again, and thank you, Charlotte, for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I hope you all enjoyed listening about my training. <laughs> yeah. Listening, you know what I mean, yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.